Hi and welcome to the Racial Introductions podcast. From ancient Greece to branding, globalisation to Homer and logic to fashion, we'll showcase a concise and dynamic insight into a range of diverse topics for wherever your curiosity may lead you. So here is today's very short introduction. This is Catherine Kalanak, Professor of Film Studies at Rhode Island College and the author of Oxford's film music, a very short introduction. Film music is what you hear whenever you go to the movies, but seldom listen to. My book is about why you should listen to it and how you might start doing so. I got interested in film music way back in graduate school. As an undergraduate, I was a double major in music and English, and I went on to study film. I was doing a paper in an Orson Welles course on the Magnificent Ambersons, and I wrote on the score. And my professor told me, you ought to write your dissertation on this. That was a very powerful and defining moment. It was the late 1970s when film music didn't exist yet as an academic discipline. There were all sorts of books on it, coffee table books, anecdotal, written by journalists, intended for the mass market. But it certainly wasn't clear to me that film music was a subject for scholarship. And that was a revelation. I was part of that first wave of scholarship on film music in the late 1980s, early 90s, that was launched by Claudia Gorman's book, Unheard Melodies. My book, based on my dissertation, was Settling the Score. What makes film music so interesting and so critical an element of film is how much it can do. It provides the glue for the film's very construction, making the disparate shots, different times, different places, different spaces. It makes it all cohere and flow. It helps you to forget that you're watching a film. Film music embodies character. I think it's a really crucial part of characterization. It articulates the character's emotions and often reveals emotions that the characters may not yet realize or even understand, unconscious motivations, for instance. But it also articulates emotions for the audience, what we are supposed to feel. And this increases our identification with the film and also, I think, our enjoyment with the film. Film music can articulate an abstract idea, a place, a time. It encapsulates the film's theme. And what's so, I think, crucial about it is it can do more than one of these at the same time. I'm teaching a course on Hitchcock this semester, so it's given me the occasion to listen to some Hitchcock scores. And I'm thinking of Rebecca, which is a score by Franz Voxman. If you know the film, you'll know that Rebecca is the first and deceased wife of Maxim de Winter. And the film is about the second marriage of Maxim to Winter, haunted by the presence of Rebecca. She never appears in the film, but her presence haunts it, both the film and Maxim's second marriage. We never see her. There's no photos. There's no flashbacks. So music is doing the heavy lifting here. And Voxman created this sinuous, chromatic, descending melody that dominates the score, that not only registers her presence in a scene, 
but also suggests something about her, her erotic power, all that chromaticism, even something sinister about her in this really descending patterns that pervasively downward phrasings, the slide of melody down the scale. Bellbound, another Hitchcock film I've recently watched. One of the first films about psychoanalysis, if you know it, Ingrid Bergman plays a psychoanalyst who falls in love with her patient, Gregory Peck, who has amnesia and these unexplained bouts of anger, confusion, as if he's a different person at times. And Miklos Rosa here, wrote both a musical theme for madness, for those outbursts, for those irrational episodes that Peck has, using a theremin. And in fact, it's the first use of the theremin in Hollywood film. And he also writes a love theme for the couple, but they're variants of the same melody. And not only is he play, are they the same four notes, just arranged in a different order in the madness theme and the love theme, but the two themes are connected throughout the film. So for instance, the main title, the opening credits, you hear the madness theme and it segues directly into the love theme. And this happens throughout the film. The madness theme is connected to the love theme. We hear it first, or we hear the love theme first, followed by the madness theme. And this is throughout the film. And I think it's an example of how Voxman is exploring the same theme that Hitchcock is, the nature of romantic love, of falling in love, that line between love and madness, the connection between falling in love with someone and irrationality and madness. I mean, it's something that is directly alluded to in the dialogue of the film on a very literal level. I madly adore you. I'm insane about you. And it's as if Rosha is reading Hitchcock's mind and is exploring that same connection musically. And finally, of course, Herman, Bernard Herman, who wrote such beautiful and fantastic scores for Hitchcock. He goes for the jugular, tapping into the unconscious fears and desires of the characters and of the audience. You know, the love theme of vertigo, the shower scene of psycho, the vertigo chord, which embodies musically the experience of vertigo. That fandango that opens north by northwest, it, which encapsulates the thrilling but also frightening chaos of urban life enacted on the crowded streets of New York. Um, these are just some examples that come to mind of what film music can do. Thank you for listening to the Very Short Instructions podcast. You can subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify and Stitcher to receive new episodes directly to your podcast feed. All of our episodes, new and old, can also be found on SoundCloud and YouTube at OUP Academic.